No, I just need someone with a cartoonishly large hacksaw. <laughs> Today, on From A to Ziggy, Beat of Your Drum. Welcome to From A to Ziggy, the podcast where we listen to every single David Bowie song from A to Ziggy. Uh, my name is Travis. My name is Thomas. And today we are talking about Beat of Your Drum from the universally loved David Bowie classic, Never Let Me Down. The much maligned <laughs> Never Let Me Down, 1987. Our second Never Let Me Down song in the last couple weeks. weeks. And if we had done this one first, I would have been all, why is everyone so down on Never Let Me Down? I like this song. I, I, I like this song more than I like Bang Bang. This is probably a better song than Bang Bang, but we'll get to that. It's a fun song. It's a little, uh, it's got some kind of sketchy content. Yeah. It's a very sexual song. It is a very sexual song. David Bowie wants to beat on your drum. He wants to blow on your horn. He wants to blow on your horn. He, uh, he likes the smell of your flesh. It's, it's a, it's a whole song full of things that would make you uncomfortable if you got a text message saying these things. Yeah, I, uh, I do not want to be in the same room with you while no. mentioning these things. But then he dresses up all this, uh, this seedy, horny language with uh, kind of a, a real pop. Uh, you know, sort of casual sound. You yeah. Know, I can imagine you know, the way he looks in that video, uh, the live videos from the Glass Spider Tour, his wardrobe and everything, yeah. his hair. He looks like Rick Astley. He does look like Rick Astley. He looks like a completely when we were watching the video When we were watching the live video for Bang Bang last week, I was trying to place what he reminded me of. Yeah, he looks exactly like Rick Astley. And, and the dancing, the kind of like, you know, jostling back and forth in the, the arms. Yeah. He kind of does the Rick Astley kind of dance. Yes. Kind of a little bit Barry Manilow, too. Well, Rick Astley, Barry Manilow. Yeah, Six of one, half a dozen. Yeah, right. true. <laughs> yeah, he, he just is very much that guy that's making you uncomfortable at a bar. Um, he is the 40-year-old at a bar for 22-year-olds dancing up on you. He's having his midlife crisis. So, so you're listening to this song, and it's just very overtly sexual. And then you go and you read some interviews about the song and it turns out that it is in his words quote it's a lolita number reflection on young girls christ she's only 14 years old but jail's worth it which then led to one of my least favorite google searches i've ever done of um songs about underage girls because i started thinking about it and i was like oh man this is another really good song about underage girls which is uncomfortable but so true better watch out what you google travis yeah i know i'm really i'm really you know i mean but it's all out there all everything is it is all out there is is out there anyway you're gonna have men in black suits showing up at your door wondering what what it is you've been searching for yeah songs about young girls underage girls what, so in your in your search, what did you find? So, I mean, mostly I was trying to remember the name of this one Kiss song that I really like, Christine 16, which, I mean, you expect that from Kiss. They're disgusting people. I like Kiss, but they're horrible people. Yeah, saw her standing there. She's, she's on only, there. She's just 17. Um, you, know what I mean? you know what I mean? God, that's disgusting. It is disgusting. And, like, for the longest time, I've tried to listen to this song from the perspective, like, oh, maybe they're writing that from the perspective of, of someone who's only, olds? like, 17 or 18. Yeah. No. No, 24-year-olds. Yeah. But you know what they mean. You know what I mean. 
but I, I was thinking about Don't Stand So Close to Me and uh, My Sharona. So I've never listened to the lyrics of either of those songs oh, closely man. enough to realize they that are they were about. filthy. Don't Stand So Close to Me is about a teacher-student inappropriate relationship. Oh. And My Sharona. So the one, the filthiest line in the song is, uh, I always get it up for the touch of the younger kind. What can he possibly be talking about? My sh- a Sharona is a type of car, right? He's talking about the, it's, it's a convertible, right? Yeah, it's totally, it has no dirty connotations. He's talking about a convertible. He puts the hood up. He puts the, uh, the roof up. Yeah. When, you know, for the younger. The, he prefers the younger model of car. The newer model. Yeah. The newer model of car. The later model, late model. Yeah. Convertible. Sharona. Yeah. Which is a car, right? Are we sure about that? <laughs> I don't know. I don't... This is no. how much I know about cars. No, this, this song this is legitimately just about teenage girls. Name a word. I could not tell you if that's... If it's a model of a car or any other thing. Yeah, I'm really bad with cars. I'm bad at being a man, it turns out. When you Google Sharona, you only get my Sharona. Yeah. But then the police song, Don't Stand So Close to Me, He there's uh, some lines about... You know, how hard it is to be the teacher's pet and her friends are all so jealous. And then he makes reference to um, that book by Nabokov is a line in the song referring to Lolita. That book by Nabokov. Because um, it's a teacher. She's, it's a literary, it's a lit class. Yeah, I believe so. I mean, they just talk about like the, uh, the allegations in the teacher's lounge and things like that. So, yeah, so this is the second song that we've done from Never Let Me Down. Two out of two songs from Never Let Me Down are about young girls. Um, oh, God, it, was, it, it would really feel so much less icky if it was like songs that he wrote in the 70s. So wait, what, what does this song really have to do about young girls? So he said it in the interview, right? It's a Lolita thing, but what did he mean by that? It's, it doesn't... So there's a line in the song. Um, I don't get it. I don't see the... Disco brat, follow the pack, watching you peel. Heaven knows, prison can't hold all this greedy intention. Like he's basically acknowledging that this is a very dirty relationship that could. I don't know. He says disco brat, but that doesn't have to be a an underage. The the, the prison line is really prison can't hold this greedy intention. Like he has this greedy need for these younger girls, and he doesn't care about the consequence. He just he really likes the. He just wants to beat on their drums. All right. I mean, I didn't... But I didn't, I didn't pick up on it until I read the interview. I didn't see it that way, but Mr. Bowie, if that is how you interpret it, then... Yeah. If not for reading that interview, I would just assume it's just a filthy sex song. Yeah, I don't get it. I don't see it. But uh, I guess that's what it is. I kind of wish I hadn't read that interview. Yeah. Beyond that, there's not really a whole lot to dissect from the lyrics. It's all pretty... Uh... This, this is another kind of cut-up thing, I feel. There are a few things going on, but it's all pretty abstract. And then, of course, the, uh, the chorus is all kind of metaphors for sex as musical instruments. Yeah, it's, uh, it's basically, it, it's like single entendre. But it, it's, um, it doesn't beat you over the head with the 80s sound like Bang Bang does. Like, at least this, it just... So to speak. There's a lot of violence in these names. Yeah, I guess there is. Bang Bang, beat of your drum... Doesn't beat you over the head with the '80s sound. Though. Yeah, but this this feels a little bit. I mean, I you can know. still well, date it as being a song from the '80s, but it doesn't. So this song compared to Bang Bang, like comparatively, 
it's le- it feels less like a big dummy eighties pop song. It the feels chorus like is brute. has a lot in common with Bang Bang as far as big dumb eighties sound. And then what's weird about this song is how different, how disparate the verse and the chorus. It has are. that like loud, quiet, loud. Yeah, but aside from that, it's two different moods. It's like this eerie. Uh, Chris O'Leary had the perfect description. He called it sepulchral sound to it. This there's this. 80s synthesized bell sound that you'll hear in a lot of 80s songs and it's it gives it this eerie almost like b horror movie sound it's kind of it's kind of a campy sound too and i don't think it was meant to sound campy at the time but it's got this sort of weird campy sound to it like there's like it's a dark graveyard and there's uh fog rolling down and there's just this eerie mood to the verses with all these weird lyrics. And then it just suddenly picks up out of nowhere and just becomes another, it's, it's kind of like a song from, uh, from Labyrinth. It's basically like the two styles of music from Labyrinth joined into one song. Like the, this, uh, this weird eerie sound is kind of like the Trevor Jones tracks from the Labyrinth soundtrack, the instrumental parts throughout the movie. And then there's the Dancing Goblin King song is the chorus. The verses, Speaking of uncomfortable uh, attractions to young girls. Yeah, and I, and I think that's kind of that. That's the the emotion that it kind of portrays through that, like the verses sounding one way and the chorus sounding another way, where the verses are kind of acknowledging that it's a kind of a dark, taboo, kind of shameful thing. Hmm. But then the chorus just kind of you know, but I do like the beat of your drum. I don't love that. I feel like this. But I do. Yeah. So bipolar sort of self-shame. Yeah. Shaming song. And then just like occasionally jumping into like a manic episode of more. I think about this. I think (laughs) it's kind of like it's kind of like an outtake from Labyrinth. It's the year after. Right. And it's got this this eerie mood to it. And then it's got this jumpy sort of dance magic dance redux thing going on. I think it might be. I think this might be the Goblin King, but this is a much less sentimental kind of song than yeah. something like Without You, or Within You, rather. Yeah, this is more just sort of like putting it all out there, so to speak. This would be like in the gritty reboot of yes. Labyrinth. Yeah, and he'd literally have a uh, a goblin shaped like a drum that he would bang beat on Yeah, during those parts. Grab a horn from a goblin and like toot on it in the middle of it, have a, have a horn solo. A Trevor horn solo. This is also the second song this week to do kind of filler lyrics. Like, there's a part in here where he says, Heidi, Heidi Ho. Yeah. Like uh, the old Cab Calloway. Heidi, Heidi, Heidi Ho. <laughs> uh, Battle for Britain, which we did Monday, had uh, la-di-da. Heidi Ho, la-di-da. It's just sort of like, a, like bookends for this week. Yeah. Again, I, I kind of feel like uh, all of this was planned out. You see patterns. Yeah. As you go along through this, and I feel like all this was just planned to be executed this way. But even the grouping, like, you know, having just so happens we have a couple songs in a row off of Never Let Me Down after having like a Tin Machine block. And, and, and in both instances, it was like one song that really hit like the really the highs and the ones that were kind of like, okay, I see why people weren't as into this. The Heidi Ho's and the Lottie Lows. Yeah. Anything else about Beat of Your Drum? Peter Frampton on lead guitar in this one. 
He does. I guess he. I think. I guess that's him doing the guitar solo in the must be near the end of the song. Um, speaking of the guitar in this song, hmm. we would be remiss if we didn't mention that the uh, the riff in the chorus. It's ba- it's born to run. It's literally not born to run. It's uh, Glory Days, Bruce Springsteen song. Thank you for bringing that up because I wouldn't have noticed that. I I didn't notice it the first time, and then when I was reading reading the Bowie songs right up on it, it says in the chorus that it's a uh, a song about youth ambition and a big dumb sex chorus that nicks a riff from Bruce Springsteen. And then I went back once and I was like, oh holy shit, yeah, that's Glory Days. I saw that. I I didn't know what Bruce Springsteen song because I'm not. Here's how I feel about Bruce Springsteen. So I'm glad you brought it up. Because <laughs> what I think of Bruce Springsteen, <laughs> what, I, what I think of Bruce Springsteen is nothing. That's, that's all you got. <laughs> yeah, nothing. I'm, yeah, uh, like, I'm kind of, I guess I'm sort of a social Springsteen listener. I have no objections to Springsteen. I do own like a live, yeah, I thought it was a double record, but it was actually just a series of cassettes. The same record twice? It was like, <laughs> yeah, it was just the same thing twice, and they charged me double for it. Um, it's packaged like vinyl, but it's actually just a double cassette, basically, of live material. And that's the only Springsteen I own, and I've never seen him live. Sometimes I wonder if I like how much I really like Springsteen and how much I like Springsteen, because I feel like I probably just should like Springsteen. But there are songs of hips that I really do like. I, I love Fifth Avenue, or 10th Avenue Freeze Out. That's a great song. Bowie liked. It's really sax heavy. That may be why Bowie liked Springsteen. Uh, he covered a Springsteen song. I, I yeah, I really mean to check him out. So my homework is to check out some more of Bruce Springsteen along with who was it? Sid Barrett. Yeah. And Brian Eno. Basically, only as they relate to David Bowie, because David Bowie is the nexus of my musical world. Um, anything else about uh, Beat of Your Drum? Ah, uh, Beat of Your Drum. I don't think there's really a whole lot else to say that won't make us have to bend up on some kind of registry. Yeah, the best move is not to play. It's another wonderful song that you need a shower after listening to because you realize that you're dancing to something that's uh, pretty skeezy. Damn, is that a fun song? Well, how about readings? Let's go to readings. I give this song three... three Humbert Humberts. Uh, so six humberts. Six humberts. <laughs> uh, yeah, I'll give it. Uh, what did I give? Bang bang. Pretty low, right? Um, yeah, I feel like it only got like maybe two. I feel like it might have been a one. Maybe. Yeah, it was one. It was because it was one missing Iggy tooth. Uh, <laughs> beat of your drum. It's never really drawn me in. It's a two. It's it's a single humbert humbert. It's two humberts. Wait. So how does no? How does this work? Yeah. No. It's it's two of whatever you said. Two Humbert Humberts? Yeah, two Humbert Humberts. Four Humberts. Is that how that works? I might be getting the conversion. I've never been very good at math. Anyway, um, covers, other versions. I didn't see any covers. There's live versions. There's live versions, but understandably, people aren't really clamoring to cover late 80s Bowie. Well, all right, if that's going to do it for Beat of Your Drum... If only the song after the next song was coming up, it'd be a tailor-made transition. So if Beat of Your Drum is a kind of a, an adult version of Labyrinth, which is kind of a fairy tale, are there any other fairy tales where there's like really dark and gritty adult versions on, on TV or in artsy films 
by Jean Cocteau. Or, or a TV series just starring Ron Perlman. Is there anything like that? I, I wish there oh. was... You know, th- th- that's a niche that I feel yeah. like needs to be filled. And, you know, and if maybe if that worked out, they made a cartoon out of it with, like, dancing utensils. And maybe they would sing. Angela Lansbury as a tea kettle. Yeah, because um, who hasn't wondered what it would be like to drink tea out of Angela Lansbury? <laughs> no one, no one, who's, no one, literally who's, no one, no one, who's, certainly no one who's listened to this. <laughs> so have you, have you wondered what it would be like to drink tea out of Angela Lansbury? Please contact us. Actually. Maybe don't contact us because you're probably a crazy person. <laughs> so. So, yeah, so like you were saying, uh, join us next uh, Monday for Pocahontas. Yeah. We'll ride the colors of the wind. I'm forgetting the Yeah, song, I haven't the, seen the it song. in a very, very long time. Join us next week for Cinderella, Beauty and the Beast. Beauty and the Beast. Until next week, you can find us on Facebook and on Twitter. We're at From A to Ziggy. From com is our website. You can make, leave a comment on the page for this episode. Get in touch with us. Podcast at FromAtoZiggy.com. Want to be a guest star on your favorite podcast that discusses David Bowie's work from A to Z. Get in touch with us. Podcast at FromAtoZiggy.com. Leave us a rating and a review on iTunes. And until Monday, my name is Thomas. And I am Travis. And... We like the smell of your flesh. <laughs> and we're probably gonna kill you, it sounds like. <laughs>